What's up, everybody? This is Jenna. Welcome to my podcast. I'm really excited about this episode. I interview my friend Danny Saggers. He and I have been living on an island in Thailand called Kopangong. It's this magical, beautiful, spiritual, crazy place. <laughs> and um, this episode, I was actually going to share my uh, journey with mushrooms. I had this incredible journey with mushrooms. I met energy beings. Um, I asked them to give me the answers of life and what we're all doing on earth. And they so kindly gave them to me. And it was just, it was a really incredible experience. And then um, my friend Danny told me that he had recently done an, a hero's dose of mushrooms. And a hero's dose, for those of you who don't know is when you take an incredible amount of psychedelics for the purpose of having um, a life-changing experience uh, or spiritual awakening or whatever you want to call it. And uh, so he basically, not only did he take a hero's dose, but he took like times five, four or five, the amount of what an incredible amount of mushrooms would already be. So he went deep and I was like, okay, I I really want to hear about that. So I interviewed him about that. And we also go into uh, veganism versus being a carnivore on the, if you want to call it a spiritual path or a conscious path. I really don't like saying those things because, I mean, I guess I could consider myself spiritual and I guess I consider myself conscious, but I don't like labeling it a spiritual path or conscious path it just is I just try to live my best life I try to live with compassion I try to be really aware of my actions and how they affect other people I try to continue learning about myself my environment the world philosophy listening you know just I don't even want to call it spiritual but for lack of better words (laughs) for those on a more conscious spiritual path there's always this question of um, if you eat meat, it means that you're, you're uh, accumulating karma, means that you are a bad person, means that you're not being healthy for your body and our bodies are only supposed to eat high vibe vegetables and fruits and um, yeah, and I just, I just don't believe that. And so it was really nice to talk to someone else that was also, who also enjoys meat, not only the taste, but um, it, they feel best when they're, when they're consuming meat. And, um, a lot of people have said that when they take plant medicine, many people have come out of it saying that the plants and the medicine told them to stop eating meat. Not everybody, but a lot of people come forward claiming this. So I've put myself through guilt chips and thinking, oh my God, I'm not a good person if I enjoy meat my body enjoys it that means I'm not going to spiritually evolve that means I'm going to be left behind in this 3d plane while everyone evolves into a 5d consciousness like I've and then I realized that I was just giving my power away and I had to listen to myself and um Danny also had some really good reflections on that and he studied naturopathic nutrition as well as traveled the world um, researching exploring and experiencing plant medicine with shamans he's also has has and it continues to have six years of experience serving combo which is a frog poison which really helps purge the body and um, uh, mental body spiritual body physical body and energetic bodies in many ways so we talk about that it's just a really incredible conversation and um, i'm excited for you guys to hear it and i think my next episode i will share my mushroom journey trip because it was pretty it was pretty amazing
Before we get started, I just want to share that I know a lot of people are going through a really hard time right now. I'm having friends that are back stuck in lockdown in California and in Canada and Quebec and just going going through it right now because of another shutdown lockdown and it's fucking hard. You guys aren't alone. Reach out to your friends. It's okay to feel like shit. It's okay to feel confused. It's okay to feel depressed. Just like, you know, don't deny yourself those feelings because um, they're real and it's okay to feel those feelings and just, yeah, reach out to your friends and just, just uh, rise above it hang tight I truly believe that this there's gonna be there is there's a huge shift happening I don't know how we're gonna shift through this but I know we will and I know that there is happiness and sunlight and positivity on the other side I know it's gonna be okay I just don't know how we're gonna get there so I'm just encouraging everybody including myself like just reach out to those you love reach out to positive people reach out um to people that make you feel good and do things that make you feel good during this crazy fucking time and also be an ear for people that are having a hard time be be the shoulder for someone to cry on check in on your friends that are having a hard time this is the time we need to be with each other and it's just fucking tough right now so i'm cheering everybody on i'm with you i hear you and uh yeah just send in love to everybody and just hang on tight guys like i just have a feeling something's going to happen soon. Um, what helps me feel better is especially when I'm feeling in a funk, I'll listen to my favorite is Joe Rogan podcast. I fucking love that man. I really enjoy everything that he's been posting and talking about. Also, Greg Braden, G-R-E-G-G, two G's, Braden. He is incredible. Um, he's really shedding light on, on what he believes is happening right now. And I, I'm totally on... Um, on it with him, what whatever he thinks. I'm I'm usually agreeing with everything he says. And then if you are a little bit um more out there sometimes like I am, check out Elizabeth April on YouTube. She's a channeler and sometimes she's far out there, but most of what she says I resonate with. And then there's another girl named Lori Ladd L O R I E Ladd L A D D. And I'll just put those on in the background. And just like let myself, my mind relax and just listen while I'm stretching. And um, yeah, um, try to stay off the phone. Try to stay off of Instagram and all that. Even though I do post a lot about my services, I try not to find myself scrolling aimlessly. Um, Take your power back. Don't let your mind be consumed by aimless random shit, you know? Just get offline if you can. And um, I guess this is time for my shameless plugs. I give chakra numerology readings. Um, chakra numerology completely changed my life. And I, I really enjoy giving these readings. It brings a lot of clarity. We discuss your dominant chakra, your subdominant chakra, what chakra is influencing you this year, and how to align yourself with the chakra energies. Because once you align yourself with your chakra energies, things start falling in place things become much easier. People, places, things, information you need start falling in your lap. Doors start opening easier and you just feel more at peace. Things start to flow. Doesn't mean that things aren't going to be hard. They're still going to be hard. They just won't be as painful. It'll be lessons that seem to speed up your evolution faster 
instead of being painful lessons that just seem to slow you down. So I compare chakra numerology readings to that of an astrology reading. It's a lot of information. You'll learn a lot about yourself. You'll Your path will be validated. You'll understand um, why some things happened and you'll see where you're going. Again, you have free will, but when you have the keys and you kind of see where your path is taking you and your life's purpose and your soul's purpose, it becomes much easier to stay on track and things, like I said, seem to just fall in place seamlessly. I also give uh, cleanses. We do a three-day fast in the cleanse. So if you're feeling lethargic, sick, you're battling parasites, candida, um, fatigue, you just want to reset for your gut and for your brain, for your body, um, for your immunity system, hit me up. That I do a full-on seven-day cleanse, which I highly recommend, but I also do a five-day cleanse and the extra two days you can do on your own. The extra two days are just reintroduction of food, which I usually take people through step-by-step, step, but totally not necessary. So you can do it in five days. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to share this with you guys. If you have any questions, as always, please hit me up, stay connected. I'm Jenna's Adventures on Instagram, jennasadventures.com. Uh, or on Facebook, Jenna's Adventures. So thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends. Hit me up if you have any questions and enjoy. And um, I thought we should just dive right into it and actually talk about how we first met real quick, which I think is a hilarious story, which was through the, the Tantra Weekend Intensive. And... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I remember being a uh, a tiger or something when we were doing the predator and prey um, exercise and biting you on the neck. Yeah, that was insane. <laughs> yeah. And I think that was the first exercise when I was like, whoa, this is way more than I thought it was. Um, and I remember you, you actually thought it was a different workshop. Yeah, I thought it was a, a rebirthing retreat, so I fully got my wires crossed, but it was totally uh, yeah, in for it anyway. It was yeah, good fun. When did you realize that you're like, oh, wait, this isn't rebirthing? Uh, when I turned up and started saying to, to other participants, have you done rebirthing before? You know, what, what's your thoughts on it? And they're saying, bro, this is a tantra retreat. And I was like, no, it's not. And then uh, very quickly realized it was. That's a laugh. Yeah, it was it was a really cool weekend. Yeah, super cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so why don't you tell everybody what you do? Um, you are a facilitator for medicine, and yeah, just get into all that. Uh, yeah, well, I do many things, but I suppose the most relevant to this conversation would be um, yeah, my involvement with plant medicine, uh, the journey that I've been on that started what, eight years ago really now um and then yeah i've been facilitating medicine work with cambo for six years now and uh it's been a really profound journey traveling all around the world um facilitating and experiencing with different types of facilitators indigenous western living with a tribe and yeah all different sorts of things i've had quite a, a wide variety of, ex of experience within the field now you were living with a tribe? I didn't know that. I was like living with a tribe, yeah. I went to visit um, the Huniquin. Mm -hmm. So they're one of the tribes that, that inhabit the rainforest in Brazil. And when I 
the first time I've been to Peru before, so I did a lot of backpacking in my younger years, um, a hell of a lot actually, all around the world. It was one of the things that started kind of waking me up from um, the small town mentality of where I grew up. And um, when I got onto my medicine path, I went to the jungle really desiring to go and stay with a tribe and to connect more deeply with the frogs because um, the cambo would come into my uh, sphere. But it actually didn't pan out like that the first time I went. I ended up volunteering at a couple of retreat centers and uh, doing a dieta and doing more work for ayahuasca. But it was in a roundabout way that when I was in uh, Rishikesh, I saw a guy with some medicine bracelets on. I was like, I need to go and talk to this fella. And um, when I did, he told me the Huni Quinn, which is this tribe from Brazil, were going to be in Goa facilitating some medicine work. So I got super excited to ask if I could go down and join, which I could, and um, did some cambo and drank some ayahuasca with them there. And then they said that they would be inviting people to go and stay with them in the jungle that wow. November. So, yeah, I headed out there and... It was super deep in the jungle. It took us four days from Tarawaka, which is the closest town to where they live. Um, we first went to Rio Branco, which is the closest city, then to Tarawaka, and then four days up, up river on a very narrow boat, which was literally one person wide. We had to sit, you know, one in front of the other on this boat. Four days getting up there and uh, sleeping on the side of the riverbank in hammocks. Um, wow. Yeah, once we got there, they were saying that if you go a bit further up the river, they have uh, the, the tribes and the people that have been uncontacted, never been in contact with the outside world. And sometimes they'll be like throwing spears and firing arrows at them. And they've come in and done a raid on the village and stolen things. So it's really getting super deep into the jungle. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. So, for okay, so for those of that don't know what is combo and i actually just learned about combo this year i haven't taken it i'm a little scared um but yeah for those that don't know what it is can you explain a little bit yeah so combo is a medicine that comes from a frog it's the phylomedusa bicolor the giant monkey tree frog and these frogs live just in the amazon rainforest um extremely beautiful frogs quite large as frogs go um I was obsessed with frogs as a child, funnily enough. So it's um, interesting how they came back into my life in this profound way later on. Um, but yeah, the, the frogs live in the jungle. Um, they produce this sticky substance, which is the medicine that we work with. And it is basically uh, like a poison to protect them from any predators in the jungle. So if some of them is to grab hold of them, this secretion would come out of the skin and they would super quickly spit it out. Um, Interestingly, although it's a poison, this uh, secretion that comes from the skin of the frogs is full of many, many um, beneficial medicinal compounds, a lot of them being bioactive peptides, um, which have a vast plethora of uh, different ways in which they work in the body. So some are very powerful anti-inflammatory, some are antibacterial, um, yeah, many different ways in which they work in the body. And it's a, an incredible cocktail of compounds that science has not been able to replicate. There was a, a big kind of rush for trying to even to patent Cambo and to try and replicate what was found in the medicine by some of the pharmaceutical companies when it was first Ugh. discovered and became a bit more mainstream. But they mm -hmm. just could not recreate 
um, yeah, the vast variety of things that are found within the medicine. Wow. Uh, but the experience to to take it is pretty intense, yeah? Yeah, it sucks, <laughs> to be honest. You don't get many people um, that sit with Cambo and really enjoy the experience. I've had a couple, but um, and I've seen over a thousand, but generally um, the whole experience, it comes on very quickly, very uncomfortable. The medicine's applied via burns which are usually placed on the body on the top of the left arm or the bottom of the right leg um, there are other there are other methods to working with it on the body such as um, with like meridians chakras marma points or auricular in the ear but it can be beneficial sometimes doing it that way but um, I've found in my practice really it's best just on the arm and leg I think just it, the mind can get too involved otherwise so basically whenever Wherever on the body these um, burns are made with uh, a stick, then the top layers of the skin are taken off to open up the, um, the lymphatic system. And then the medicine, which comes dried on sticks, unless you're collecting it fresh, but that would only be if you're in the jungle, is made into little balls placed onto the, um, onto the burn sites. And then you very quickly start feeling hot, a lot of energy moving through the body, the heart rate increases, and then it will bring on a, a nausea and then a sickness. So you drink water before um, you have worked with the medicine. In the jungle, they make um, a soup with cassava and water, mm. which is a traditional way most of the tribes work with it. I've done it both ways. I personally prefer the water method. I don't really like the soup. Uh, some people will say the soup is safer because of the potentiality of... Um, flooding the body with water, but uh, an experienced practitioner that understands, you know, how we're supposed to get the water in and out, keeps an eye on that. It's not really an issue. Uh, but yeah, it's re really quite an intense process. Lasts around, I would say, 40 minutes. It's just an extremely intense purging. It's not puking the whole time, but, um, you know, come, come in waves. And what happens is it cleans out the lymphatic system of the body. The body goes into a like, hyper-reactive state because of the introduction of this from basically poison but like I said it's got lots of medicinal compounds in it and it just wants to flush the body of toxins so the bile will release um, from, from the gallbladder and stuff from the liver and the lymphatic system and then usually what comes out in the bucket will have a very kind of yellow all the way up to black color and sometimes blue green Whoa. this is all the toxins that are leaving the body damn yeah I've talked to a lot of people that that have done it and they said that when you're in it it's the worst feeling but after you're done you feel like a whole new human like you just feel incredible yeah and, and that's the reason people come back to do it again because otherwise if it sucks so much you wouldn't do it again but yeah really once it's cleaned out the body on this physical level and then an energetic level as well yeah um, it clears what in the jungle they refer to as panema which is like heavy energy, almost like clouds around in the auric field. Um, so it cleans out on that level, cleans out on the physical level. Um, if people have got a lot of emotion pent up inside that they push down, it can really be really good for cathartic releases. People will have a cry. Um, sometimes people won't just purge the top end. They have to go to the toilet as well. So yeah. it's really a, a full body reset and clean out. It's really good for people um, struggling with addictions. I've had quite a few people that give up alcohol after. 
um, give up smoking, drugs. I remember the first time I sat Cambo, and this was after I'd already sat with ayahuasca a few times and had some really profound life-changing experiences. But um, yeah, it was after the first Cambo that I actually didn't drink alcohol or, or take any drugs for four years. Um, after the four years, you know, I've had a bit more uh, conscious consumption, like maybe a bottle of red wine every so often or at a party, you know, there might be something that I might partake in consciously. But um, yeah, it really just shifts the, the mindset towards such things. Yeah. It, when, what's the most you've ever taken? And do you do it yourself or do you have like another practitioner, facilitator, do you? So the most that I've ever done is part of my initiation. It was called a three by three. So it was doing it three times in three hours. And uh, I remember at the beginning of the day, they said, who wants to hold space for the group um, and then do that as at the end, it'll be a really good experience. You know? So I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. So I think we started about 10 a.m., finished the last person at midnight. So then I was starting at midnight. It was only once I stopped with the holding space for others. I, oh, I'm done. I'm really low energy now. And then I did 12 points for my first one. And that's. And is that normal? Sorry, just because I don't. What is that? Um, is what normal? 12 points. Uh, there is no normal, but no, generally, when someone first sits, they get between three and seven. Usually, be wow. most, most probably between like three and six. Um, this wasn't my first time, obviously. But no, this is right. 12, 12 is a high amount. And a three by three is not something that is that I would really recommend for most people. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really something just for experienced, potentially practitioners or, or people that work with Cambo. But anyway, so I did 12 points. Um, that was for the first hour. So let's go through my process. I lay down, have a little rest for like five minutes and start drinking the water again. And I did 14 new Ooh. fresh points. Same again. And then 16 fresh new points. And then I finished at about 3 a.m. And I was just completely done. Fell asleep on the floor in the Malacca. And um, yeah, that's the most camber that I've ever done. Uh, it was a lot. Wow. Yeah. Did you feel good afterwards or was your body, it was, I mean, obviously you felt cleared, but it, it sounds like the initiation. Um, was like a... I can't say, I did feel like on the last, I remember, I mean, it's such a long time ago now, we're talking six years ago, but I do remember on the last one, it felt like a, a big ball of energy come up while I was purging and it, it just felt, I can't put my finger on what it was, but it felt something profound that kind of exited my body but I can't tell you that I felt a massive shift after doing the three by three because I was doing so much cambo within that uh, couple of weeks that yeah it was more I would say for the purpose of the initiation um, right that would have been benefits but I couldn't tell you right in this moment that yeah I felt incredible after I can't actually remember yeah, yeah. Mm. well one of the things I love about you Danny is how brave you are like th that's just incredibly brave aunt truly and um, one of the reasons why I really wanted to t have you on the podcast was because you recently took a huge dive um, into uh, a mushroom journey and you decided to do a, a hero's dose or even more than I was wondering, can you explain to people what is a hero's dose and then just tell me about your journey? Because I can't even imagine what you went through. Yeah, so this wasn't a heroic dose. This was a heroic dose times three or four. 
um, a heroic dose with mushrooms is five grams if it's dried or if it was fresh, it would be 50 grams because just 10 times the weight of dried when it's fresh with the water. Um, the term, the heroic dose term is coined by Terence McKenna, like the godfather of entheogens. And the heroic dose of five grams is, is yeah, quite a strong experience, but I've been watching some um, YouTube videos. I can't remember the name of the guy, um, but it's a, a guy who studies martial arts and he was uh, doing a talk at Breaking Convention, which is a psychedelic convention that I've been to in the UK. And he was talking about that mega, mega dose of psilocybin mushrooms. We're talking like 25 grams kind of amount. So I had quite a large amount of the mushrooms when I was watching that. And I thought, well, right, I'm going to give it a go. So, so, so sorry, just to put it into perspective. So for people that... Um don't quite know how much like one dose is let's just say one portion uh would get you tripping get you really high and in a different state you the equivalent of a hero's dose would be like five times as much and then what you did would would have been like 10 times as much for example uh it wouldn't have been 10 times well yeah so it depends what in what um, context someone's going to work with mushrooms because if you're going to be at a festival and you just want to get a little bit you know into that space and have a laugh and, and feel a bit nice you know it's different it's you know maybe a couple of grams um, threefold start getting a bit heavier and then five is yeah pretty can be a pretty profound experience so yeah but what I did was I did it I didn't measure it, so I didn't have scales with me, but I know well enough uh, what 50 grams fresh looks like. And it was, for sh- it was for sure between 150 and 200. So it was, you know, either three or potentially four times the heroic dose. But it still wasn't going to the levels that this guy on YouTube was talking about when he's saying that he's doing 25, 30 grams, which I can't even imagine. Wow. Okay, so take us through it how why did you decide to do it how are you feeling before it happened um i like to push the envelope sometimes with medicine work i mean i did a hell of a lot over the eight years um since i first had my initial experience with ayahuasca um which is extremely profound and we should probably touch on in the conversation actually a bit later definitely because that was the starting point of it all um but yeah, it been a while, I would say, since I'd had a really super intense medicine experience where it just humbles you tremendously. So, yeah, I felt like giving this a go. And also, it's not something that I've done before. So I like to try you know, all these things at least once to have some point of reference um, to potentially give guidance to others, you know, or for someone that's interested like you now in this case wanted to talk about it so yeah i ate um this vast quantity of mushrooms i set up a nice space um i was up in the mountains uh and pie and yeah set the space felt very comfortable but i must admit some fear started creeping in when i started to feel the medicine kick in because it's like wow i've eaten a lot of mushrooms i know that um Oof. they're not toxic they're very um yeah very non-toxic psilocybin you'd have to eat it's not like your body weight to 
to poison yourself from so super safe um, but yeah i've eaten a lot and this is i can tell this is going to be a lot um to process and were you by yourself did you have someone nearby that was kind of holding not with you but there in case you needed help or anything yeah i was with my partner who had a, a small dose as well so anyway but yeah when i started feeling it coming in there there was definitely some fear that came in um which I never get on the smaller, well, the, on the normal heroic dose. And um, I actually really felt like I wanted to be outside. So I crawled over to the door, managed to get that open, and then just sat myself down looking up at the stars. And uh, the vibration within me started getting super intense. I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is a lot. So I was looking up at the stars. And, uh, and then laughing came out and kind of hugged me and, and then I went and laid on the floor and she sat with me uh, after a while, took me back in and yeah, it might be actually quite disappointing to hear, but to be honest, and I've found this before when it gets really a bit too far with the medicine, it's not so much that I take from these incredibly large doses. It's kind of, um, it's too much to to process everything that's going on because it's almost like tasting everything. It's not the God experience that I've had many times. It's just like a full breakthrough um, out of this reality into the vast infinity where it's all white and it's all vibration. It's the whole potentiality of existence. The source, you may want to call it. It wasn't that, but it's like so much going on on this cerebral level and trying to understand all of existence and all of evolution and, just everything that for me i can't make a head or tail of it and it's almost like uh the only thing i could kind of bring back from it is like the torment of eternity of never-ending existence which is in my wow. opinion the truth of what this is that we're in um, not to say that it needs to be torment or negative or positive it's just the fact of what it is um so yeah i was in it for about maybe about four or five hours um but when i came back from it there wasn't really much to to kind of to bring back like if i do a five gram or 50 grams if it was fresh amount i would say it's much more manageable and there's way more insights i get way more from it where this was just like cerebral overload and uh, once yeah. i was back i was back and it's been the same when i've smoked like five meo dmt which is from the toad uh, and that's like they call it the god molecule you can just break through and have this god experience and with that as well when i come back it's just oh, okay cool what's for dinner kind of thing so <laughs> you, you, you yeah. think wow that's that's crazy i've just had this incredibly intense experience but i get more personally and i think most people would and do from like a normal uh dose of ayahuasca or a normal heroic dose of mushrooms it's manageable do you th do you think that you just um so this kind of reminds me, like you said, of a Bufo, that 5-MeO-DMT. It's so intense, so strong that you you almost you don't forget you don't remember anything. It was just too much. Um, do you think that's kind of like what you were saying? You just you took too much for your ego, your personality, your your 3D self to even attach memory to it to remember what happened kind of thing. If that makes sense potentially it's just too much whatever way you want to say it for, for me it's just too much i could do it again you know i could do it again tonight but i just 
couldn't give you a solid reason why I would be doing it. Right. I don't see what benefit I got from it. If I, I've done many and many and many a heroic dose, and I've had tremendous benefit from almost every single one, you know, so it seems more uh, efficient on a cost level and, uh, you know, an, an amount of mushroom level to stick with the normal heroic dose rather than kind of blast myself for these huge amounts. But yet for some people, maybe they would take a lot from it. If you went on YouTube and looked up this guy, um, as I say, I can't remember his name. A uh, black guy does martial arts, was speaking at breaking convention, and he's quite well known um, for his work with doing these large amounts of mushrooms. But yeah, for me, yeah, didn't, didn't see the benefit. Right. What, um, can you describe one of your most profound heroic dose experiences that you had? Um, I would say probably depends on what we mean by profound. Um, like my, my first time I drank ayahuasca was probably one of the most profound, profound experiences I've ever had, which like I said, we should touch on that. But with, I would say earlier this year, I was going through an incredibly um, stressful time. I'd been through a sickness. Um, yeah. I had some stuff going on with uh, like romantic relationships and where to place myself location-wise with everything that was going on. Um, during 2020 and I was just yeah incredibly stressed out confused and yeah not sure what what direction I should take myself in so I really needed clarity on everything and yeah I got the very clear feeling to go offline for three four days no computer no phone no books no distractions and take myself off and do a couple of heroic doses and journal and so yeah I did two nights in a row I did one night in a cave um, wow. and then I did the other night over on the other side of the island of Koh Penang which is you know where we met and where I live mm. so with those two experiences um, not so much profound in some of the other ways that I've had it I'm super blown out into the cosmos and like experiencing the God ex experience and all these other things, but just profound in the way that it gave me so much clarity and so much like, aha, okay, right, now I know exactly what I need to do. Why didn't I, I do this earlier? And it just brought me to the truth in my heart. Yeah. And uh, it just made everything so clear and I felt so um, relaxed after and just okay with everything and it helped me to make my decisions and off the back of that yeah a lot of really powerful and interesting things unfolded this year um yeah really through me going off and doing that experience and um listening to to the messages that i was given from the medicine from spirit yeah um I have to say a lot of people, when you talk about psychedelics, mushrooms, LSD, all this, there's such a stigma, such a negative stigma to it, but it's incredibly um, profound. And like you said, it brings so much clarity, obviously with the intention, if you're going with the intention to just get fucked up and party, you know, but that if you go in the intention of, I need, um, I'm looking for some guidance, um, I'm looking to connect with my higher self, I'm looking for some answers, I think it could be really if you're ready for it, it could be really healing in that way. Uh, yeah, totally. I mean, the s stigma around plant medicines just comes from ignorance and conditioning. 
So we're told that these uh, plant medicines are drugs. Well, I mean, so I say we're told they're not really mentioned so much. I, I, you know, I'd never heard of ayahuasca, but before maybe I was around oh, 25, 26 is when I first heard of it. Just someone mentioned it. I started researching it, but, you know, we don't hear about these things for a reason. And then they're thrown into the same bundle as, you know, like heroin, cocaine, ketamine, MDMA, right. which are chemical drugs but these are plant medicines so we're conditioned to put them into the same basket because what these plant medicines do that are from the earth is wake us up and blast open our consciousness which those that make the legislation on what is legal and what is not and what we're allowed to ingest and what we're not even though we're adults and should be able to decide for ourselves they don't want us having these things because people wake up and they're like oh I don't agree with a lot of what's going on on the earth, you know, so then it's uh, a problem for the system of control that's in place. Yeah, I think now we're starting to wake up. I mean, it's so clear how controlled we're being now. I'm just I'm just waiting for people, especially in the United States, like there's such a divide and I'm just like, oh, it's going to blow over any any month now. Like people have to be seeing this. It's like being slapped in their faces. And there's a huge psychedelic revel- um, comeback happening right now, which I thought it was just on our island in, in Thailand because, you know, it's accessible there. But I've been hearing a lot in Silicon Valley in California. A lot of people are taking psychedelics and um, waking up a little bit. So I'm excited to see what happens. Yes. So there's a massive global renaissance happening right now with the plant medicines. And I think this is rightly so because humanity's been asleep now for a while and, uh, yeah, not really seeing what's going on on the planet. These were the, these entheogens, in my opinion, and from my research are what started to develop us in a massive way in terms of consciousness expansion. If you think back in the days of, uh, hunting on the African plains, and the tribes would have followed the cows and the other herding animals. And then these incredible mushrooms grow up the shit <laughs> of these <laughs> animals, you know. So when they're, they're um, tracking them, going through the fields, at some point they're going to have come across these mushrooms, decided to give them a try, and then, yeah, had an incredible go. experience. And when you look deeper into religion a lot of things from culture there's you go back and there's uh yeah the mushrooms to be found there's some like stained glass windows in christian churches that have the um figeric mushroom that's the the toadstool the red one with the white um spots on it also there's talk that um father christmas you know santa claus, santa santa claus. Nick, that whole story stemmed from um the figeric mushroom as well because what the uh, there's the same colors again the red and the white and the flying reindeer story and then i don't know if you know this but what the vikings used to do is they used to feed uh, the fly garrick to the reindeer and then they would drink their piss <laughs> no piss way to, yeah, i didn't the know reindeer, that the reindeer's livers would process um the toxins in there and then they would get the you know the the compounds that, that gave them the uh, the experience still coming through in the urine so yeah. That's quite interesting. But yeah, it seems like it's a, a really pivotal point in humanity's journey. So the plant medicines are coming back in a big way to kind of remind us who we are, 
where we're from that we're part of the, the earth you know we come from nature and yeah. uh, reconnect us wake us up has um the plant medicine ever given you any messages um about what's happening right now on earth and this shift and yeah any any clues to what's going on with humanity well when you say right now what do you mean right now I know it's hard because there's no no time or. It, well, no, no, but I'm talking about with all this coronavirus stuff, or are you talking just in general the last few years? Yeah, yeah I guess I'm I'm talking about you know there's been talk about a shift that's coming and it's supposed to happen soon and the Mayans and the Mayan calendar pointed towards this time. It's hard to pinpoint the exact start time of it, but in this general shift of consciousness of people waking up of people realizing that hey, I have an opinion, I have a voice and I'm being controlled or, um, yeah, spirituality becoming on the forefront and just us yeah, evolving. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've had uh, messages every single time that I've sent of any medicine, which has been, you know, hundreds of times now with all the different ones that I've sat with. Uh, more recently, in regards to what is going on, um, specifics, I can't really say, but Sometimes I get some channeling come through me when I'm um, doing this work. And uh, yeah, definitely there's a lot going on on the planet right now. Uh, and something that, that has come through for me is definitely the potentiality of timelines and how important it is for us to not live in fear, um, to live from a space of love. Um, yeah. What you worry about, you will bring into reality you know where the mind goes energy flows so bringing awareness to the timeline that we want to move forward on because there's the potentiality for anything you know so where we create our own reality so for me well, that's one of the main things so hold hold tight in a space of love and align yourself with the future that you want to go on and don't listen to all the garbage from the outside that's trying to negate your own dream and yeah. trying to influence you in a negative way. That's why I don't watch news and, you know, take in all these negative energies that are constantly trying to perpetuate the same fear-based rubbish. Yeah. And um, to wrap around to the ayahuasca conversation, um, have can you tell us a little bit about ayahuasca and your whole journey with that medicine? Yeah, so that was like the big initiation and the start of it all for me when I was around <clears throat> maybe maybe like late later part when I was 25 already 26 I remember being at an after party in Ibiza I used to live there and be a bit of a party boy and you know I lived out there for eight summers and so I was at an after party and someone told me about um, ayahuasca just mentioned it I was like oh that sounds super interesting always been someone that's extremely curious and wants to explore and find out all, all these strange and magical things that uh, exist in this universe. So this one sounded like one of the most interesting. So I started reading up on it and um, I was just like, what? This, this sounds crazy. It's telling me you can come out of your body and meet uh, different beings from different dimensions and all these different things so I was like, okay I need I need to do this so <laughs> yeah. I got back from Ibiza 
doing maybe I don't know, my sixth or seventh summer season there. And I was going to go, I used to go backpacking a lot around the world. And um, I would say when I was in India, it was the first time I really started waking up to the fact that there's a spiritual nature to reality. Um, but yeah, I didn't really kind of had any big experiences before the ayahuasca. So I was about to go backpacking to China and Japan, but there was a voice inside that said, no, you have to drink ayahuasca now. So mm. I thought as many people do in this purist sense, oh, I need to go to Peru and do it, you know, traditionally and everything. But I reached out to a few people that um, I knew that drunk and they said, no, you, you should go. Um, well, I got a few different numbers and I, you know, I got in touch with people. I was like, no, these are not the people. Uh, and then I had a few people get in touch with me on the same day and I did the same names come to me. Um, so anyway, I rung, I rung this group and instantly knew these were the people that I was going to drink medicine with. And um, it was going to be in two weeks' time. So I went off to Morocco for a little holiday. Just had done some exploring there. And then, yeah, when I got back, I was going on my own. I didn't know anyone going. A guy from the same town as me picked me up and, and took me there. It was a couple of hours' drive. So I'm super excited and all asking questions, you know, they've been before. And, um, yeah, I would say it's just very mysterious and stepping into the unknown. So I got to the venue and uh, we all got ready for the first night and drank the medicine, went back to my space and um, very quickly it kicked in for me. There was no purging. I don't purge that often with medicine. Really? Just a, just a handful of times, but yeah, kicked in very quickly. And then next thing I know, I'd come out of my body and um, there was a being there. And I recognized him. It was Horus, the Egyptian god. But at the time, I didn't know the name. I was like, I recognized this being from, uh, from school when I used to, you know, we used to do study Egypt. And so he ended up taking me on a tour of all of these different dimensions. And some were extremely hellish. And it's just, oof, just so intense and so crazy. And I remember getting this, it was like this message from him that, saying if you don't want to end up in these hellish dimensions do good on earth you know well sure you live a good life um and make it worthwhile and help people and i'm like wow okay <laughs> anyway i come back into my body and i was just like whoa i'm not i'm never ever doing that stuff again fuck that that's crazy <laughs> so um yeah the next day it was a weekend retreat and he said you should you know, you should do the, the second night. We really recommend it. I was like, I'm not doing it. But there's a day went on. I was like, okay, I'll do it. So drunk the next night and again, very quickly came out of my body. And, and this second night was when I just had the full breakthrough back to like the, the source, as I would call it, which is just pure white light, vibration, infinite. There's no point of reference there. There's no like planet Earth or Danny or human being or there's none of that. It's just pure white pure vibration infinite as far as infinite could span and uh, yeah no point of reference and you are that consciousness so that was interesting yeah. <laughs> obviously and yeah. nothing was ever the same after that and from there i then came back down for all these kind of different levels of different dimensions different levels of consciousness uh, I'd say one of them that I passed through was like, I would describe as Christ consciousness. Um, and then it was all the way back down until I went in, back into the womb of Mother Earth. And then when I was 
back in her womb, I was, it felt like I was being reborn. So my body was shaking tremendously, like a, like a bloody hummingbird's wings. And uh, when I come round, I had all of the assistants and the facilitators around me and everyone else had kind of finished. And then I was like, whoa, wow. I've just been reborn. So after that, um, yeah, it was like you could draw a line in the sand in my life that before and after that, nothing was ever the same after that because I'd had such a deeply profound, life-changing, experiential taste of the true nature of what we are, which is spiritual beings, you know, here having an experience that stem from this source, all the one consciousness permeating all of our human vessels. Uh, so it was, yeah, it was very profound. And, and after that, the plant medicines just became a massive part of my life. And it was the most interesting thing I'd have ever come into. So it really became a, a big, a big field of investigation for me. Wow. Yeah, once you kind of tap into a different realm um, beyond what we know, you can't really turn back from that. I mean, you can't ignore that experience. Be like, oh, well, that was that and forget about it, you know? No, a, a consciousness that's been expanded to these new dimensions, you can't put it back into the old box. It won't fit. And you yeah. can't unsee some of the things that you've seen. So, yeah, it's not like after that. It's just everything's different. Yeah. Always will be. <laughs> And I think some people are scared of that because, you know, when before I took psychedelics, I was terrified of them, not only because of what I was trained to believe by them, but everyone would say, oh, my God, life transformed. I'm a different person. You can't turn back. And to me, I was like, that's too scary. I'm not ready for that. But once you go through it, you're like, oh, it's not that it's transformed your life. You're a different person. You actually just expand who you are. And it's it's a really exciting, beautiful thing. It's not that you, your personality has completely changed. Well, some maybe so, but do you know what I mean? It's not like you're going to completely forget who you once were. It's just, it's building upon you who you are. Yeah. It's it, not a scary thing. Well, it's different for everyone. I just want to bring awareness to the fact that the language that we use, and I, I say this to, to literally everyone when we're talking sure. about these plant medicines, and it's like the words like took, done, used, I like to use work with because I like was mm, working yeah. with these beautiful medicines. You know, it almost feels like an abusive when I, but not, I'm not saying obviously that you're saying it like that, but it's bringing awareness because it, I hear people say, I, I done, oh, I use, I took, um, it doesn't sound, you know, um, absolutely harmonious to working with these beautiful medicines. But yeah, it can be extremely scary. I was terrified that first time in a drunk, hence why I didn't want to do the second night and like, when I did that big mushroom dose um, the other week, I was I had fear coming up, which I haven't felt for a long time with medicine. But sometimes you need that to humble you. But I would say psychedelics are definitely not for everyone. It can be very easy, like I fell into this, of being evangelical about psychedelics. And, oh, the whole world should drink ayahuasca and, you know, everyone should, should get on that. But actually, it's not for everyone, especially people that have... Um, know certain psychological issues going on in the family or are not fully mentally stable uh, there's certain uh, medication interactions with like antidepressants that could be fatal with ayahuasca specifically not with mushrooms it could just negate uh, the potency of the effect of the medicine um, but yeah it could it could be traumatic for some people so i really think it's for those that hear the call um, and really feel it and that are called to work with these medicines. Um, but it's definitely not one to say, like, oh, yeah, you should do this. Because, yeah, I've definitely 
met people, uh, even had experiences myself with medicine when it wasn't the right set and setting, when I was too eager, when I was younger and sitting with people that, in my opinion, shouldn't have been facilitating. It was traumatic. You know, it wasn't the right space that was held and it wasn't beneficial. So it all depends. Right, right. Um, so I, I have one one question I really wanted to ask you. Um, a lot of people say that when they work with the medicine, whether it be mushrooms, uh, ayahuasca, or, or some other psychedelic, a lot of people come out of it um, deciding to go vegan or vegetarian. Mm. And they, but you are like me, I enjoy meat, my body enjoys meat, and I feel great when I eat meat. <laughs> so I, I was wondering if we could just have a, a, a conversation about that, because sometimes I, I'm working on not feeling guilty, but especially living on Kopangang, there's a lot of like, veganism and people um, really on that bandwagon, which good for them. But yeah. There is, but I don't think there's as many as people actually think. I think everyone's just uh, not fully comfortable with being themselves and just saying, yeah, I, I eat meat and that's my choice. And, you know, right. if you don't like it, then that's, that's someone else's problem. So for me, I'm Mr. Carnivorous. Like I eat red meat pretty much every day. Um, I was a vegetarian for six years. And at some point said that I was vegan. I would say, I wouldn't say that I ever had um, specifically a message from the medicine to go vegan or vegetarian. I'd actually, had I gone vegetarian before I drank ayahuasca? I think I was on and off for them six years. You know, I did big, long bouts um, of vegetarianism. And then I would just feel so terrible that I'd have to eat some meat. Um, but anyway, we're... Yeah, I was vegetarian before, so I didn't get any um, specific messages from the medicine. For me, when I started kind of waking up, I'd always been, after I started doing the backpacking and seeing how the world was, you know, different to where I'd grown up. So I, I come from a very, you know, small town mentality in Essex. When I was younger, I was very violent, aggressive, you know, super different to the guy that you know now. Um, so my life is a massive turnaround and the plant medicines helped a lot of kind of yeah just changing me as a person i already changed loads from all the backpacking and getting out of the environment that i was in and we're all just products of our environment really yeah. so that was just a product of where i grew up which was a bit rough um but yeah i got onto that vegetarian tip and i would say i believed it through and through from all of the research I've been doing, you know, alkaline diet, all the documentaries I was watching, The Beautiful Truth, uh, Dying to Have Known, Fat, Sick and Nearly Dead, uh, Crazy, Sexy Cancer, I think it was called. There's just so many, all about this, you know, green juices, smoothies, vegetables and, and stuff. So I was like, yeah, I'm on that. So I was, I was juicing all the time. I even wrote a guide on the, how to do juice fast. I love doing juice fast. Um, was just super on all the smoothies and everything but at the end of the six years when I've been doing that I won't say that it was all down to vegetarianism but knowing thyself I would say a lot of it was I was just a shadow of the person that I was before I was riddled with anxiety depression mm -hmm. super skinny super ill looked absolutely terrible 
And when I would meditate and pray and say, oh, what do I need to do? Because I'm falling apart here. Spirit would every time say, when will you listen? Eat meat. And I kept getting told, eat meat. But I got so stuck in this dogmatic mindset that to be a spiritual being, you had to be a vegetarian. That I just not listened to the needs of my body. And I'm not saying that vegetarianism can't work for some people and doesn't work or that veganism can't and doesn't i honestly think that veganism is not healthy it's not a good option uh, there's no absolutely no um tribes or cultures on earth that were ever vegan that have done generation after generation of, on a vegan diet you know this is a new thing a new fad has come in it's super deficient in a lot of fat soluble vitamins uh, there's many things that are missing from that diet so you've got to all this supplementation like b12 injections you shouldn't have to be injecting yourself with b12 you know how's yeah. that a healthy diet so all these different things but i think a lot of people uh when you get onto this kind of spiritual wake up you want to be so nice and so loving and so kind and just like the the idea of eating animals can seem uh well even disgusting but I think it's a problem with how we're raised and the way culture is now. Because when I've been and stayed with indigenous people, they will go out and hunt, you know, and they will go and cure a deer or whatever, and then they'll butcher it together and they eat it. Or they'll go and kill a chicken in the back garden or they'll catch a fish and kill it, hit it over the head and eat it. And the kids see this as well. I mean, I remember one of my ex-partners, Sam, when she was a kid, she remembers her nan just going out and killing the rabbits and ducks. We're so sheltered from that now. We grow up on Bambi, you know, the Jungle Book, all these things mm, with talking yeah. animals. Uh, and so it's not part of our culture. We're super not, yeah, used to seeing things being killed. And also we can relate to the suffering um, of animals more than we can to plants. But if you look at, you know, obviously factory farming is diabolical. So is monocropping of plants. And if we eat plants, we're still killing them. That we're killing animals, yep. but we can relate to it. And actually, interestingly, this was something that came up in that massive mushroom dose that I can remember. And it was kind of this interesting, never-ending question of how do I kind of feed myself in a, um, how would I put it? Like healthy No, no, right? it was like the universe, like in such a paradox of, paradoxical question but i have to eat myself to keep this going like everything is one energy and it's just constantly consuming itself and then you know pooping and then you know things are growing and then eating itself it's just a cycle of life it's everything it's mm. plants everything is eating everything uh and my personal opinion is it's just a lack of maturity to be honest on the part of um, most of us in being able to to realize that life requires life and in all the research that I've done, like when I've been in state of tribes or a really good um, documentary series to watch is Bruce Parry tribes. And look at when he goes and stays with indigenous cultures all across the world, all of them hunt. Um, when the guys go out to hunt and they don't come back with meat, the women, the wives were super pissed off. They was like, they haven't brought back any meat. Oh. No, they, they were not happy at all. When I've been and stayed in the jungle, they're all hunting. Uh, and they, interestingly, if you watch this, you'll see they don't eat all these greens and all like loads of different plants. They just usually have some rice, uh, some kind of starch, and then meat. That's what they live on. And uh, when you look into 
how we're now, you know, your broccoli and your kale and all these things, all of these plants are hybridized versions of, uh, I'm sure it's the mustard plant. You know, they're not actually naturally occurring plants. So a lot of these, wow. a lot of these things that we're told to eat, and I was just making so much of green smoothies with all raw kale and spinach. I actually believe some of them are toxic to us. Like if you eat um, cruciferous vegetables uncooked, they're quite geogenic. They affect the thyroid. I ended up with a thyroid problem, in my belief, through eating all of these foods. And I remember I used to have loose bowels all the time, you know, from all these smoothies. Now that I eat meat again, I just, yeah, I just feel way better, way more masculine and grounded, mentally balanced, emotionally balanced. So, uh, yeah, to summarize it all, my opinion on it is it's part of the control system of the same people that are bringing you all the pharmaceutical industry, all of this COVID bullshit, the full shabam is they want people on a vegan diet because it will make the uh, population more, pa more weak. Yeah, weak, more passive, um, infertile. And yeah, if you have a passive population then it's easier to control i mean if you look at kind of india as a a general kind of populace that eats that way when i've been there it's a much more kind of gentle energy than yeah other areas maybe with a different diet that might not be the cause and causation but i'm just saying as a you know people generally are more soft and gentle when they're vegetarian yeah you know you know it also shows, it also created a divide in people like, you know, there's like fighting between veganism and carnivores. And it's like, can we all just respect whatever we decide to do? Yeah, people just need to grow um, up, basically, in my yeah, opinion. I, yeah. I used to get into it a little bit, but then I was just like, this is such an energy leak. This is such a waste of time. I really couldn't care less, to yeah. be honest. You know, if someone comes asking for, for dietary advice, perfect. I will, all I can give them is advice on my own experience. Uh, and I did study naturopathic nutrition um, at college, at the College of Naturopathic Medicine in London. And I've been super interested wow. and to a, to a level almost obsessed with our diet and nutrition um, since my early 20s. I'm always kind of looking into different things and trying new, new stuff that I've come across. A really interesting thing to look at is the work of Dr. Weston Price. Uh, he's got a really great book and basically he went around the world studying indigenous populations before they had had the onslaught of the white flour and the refined sugar coming into that um, populations and he found that all of them ate animal foods and they all had these super special sacred animal foods and they he said they contained something called activator x which at the time he didn't know what that was but later on they found out that that was uh vitamin k2 um, which is super important in bone formation and, and the integrity of the skeletal matrix so yeah, he found all of this and he took photos of everyone and they had these really big smiles and uh, pronounced cheekbones and really good structure of um, the jaw and everything. And then when he went back to study and once all of the shit come in, all of the flour and the sugar and everything and they've been eating that, the next generation, the generation after that, all their teeth are mangled in the way that like people have to wear braces now, you know, in the West, um, their jaw is much smaller and almost 
it's like the skull's almost collapsing in. It can't hold itself because it's not got these fat-soluble vitamins and all of the minerals because all of these bastardized foods actually leach the minerals from the body. So his work's incredibly interesting. Wow. I'm going to check that out. I had never heard of them before. Yeah, and he, and he also found that, yeah, those that were eating the most animal foods were the healthiest. And he didn't find any vegetarian uh, cultures, even though I'm sure that's right. You, you might want to check. There might have been a couple. There were definitely no vegan. Um, but he found that the ones, the more animal foods, the healthier they were, the better the bone structure was. Yeah, that's in, that's incredible. Um, I think I think the best advice or offering to give people is to not judge other people on how they choose to eat, and then experiment on your own body like and do research you know research what the, this guy price that you were talking about or try veganism for a month and see how your body feels or try i've tried like you i've i got really obsessed with diet just trying everything i even tried being a fruitarian which fucked me yeah. up dude it fucked me up yeah, i think they're crazy I mean, people but uh, there's a few of them here on the island you know live and let live what I would say is whatever you choose, do your best. Like I live here on Thailand yeah. on a little island, but still all of the meat that I have, I order off of a website called paleorobbie.com. Amazing. It has all grass-fed, humanely raised, wild-caught products. So I just do an order from there every uh, month and a half. And so every – because you still want the good vibration, you know. when the Say like when yeah. the Native Americans were out hunting buffalo, that's like the best meat they can be eating. And when the – the honey quinn tribe that i went and stayed with out and they hunt the deer it's beautiful vibration that meat because it's been it's been it's wild you know it's living that beautiful life as is um the different animals that are farmed in this way but like whatever you're eating if you're eating um plants make sure that they're organic uh and they're grown you know in the best way and if it's animal foods make sure that they've been raised in a human humane way and tra treated well and there's no nice way to kill an animal you know but it is what it is, yeah. um, I think. Like you said, life eats life. We're all vibrating. We're all circ. It's all circular. Mm -hmm. um, we're all participating in it together. And I think it's really important that we don't um, um, buy into these dogmatic practices. And I feel like the, the moment you feel guilt, the moment I start feeling guilt, I'm like, okay, there's something wrong here. I shouldn't be feeling guilt to live my life as long as I'm living in the most positive, loving way, of course, like. Um, but I find that some yoga schools everywhere in the world, they promote veganism, which it's great to learn about and see, you know, the karma and, and understand and learn about it, but you still need to make your own choices. And if you, if your body does well in consuming meat, like you said, consume the best products possible in the most humane way, listen to your body and don't feel guilty for having to, for feeding your body the way it needs to be fed. So, yeah, in response to that, one of the processes that I went through, um, especially after this period of vegetarianism and getting so skinny and looking so frail and feeling like such a beta male uh, when I'd always been really confident and happy and had a lot of strong masculine energy, um, something that I come across was like, actually, who am I taking this advice from? It's like, if you want to be a millionaire, you wouldn't ask your broke uncle for you know business advice so i was like what what kind of person do i want to be and do i want to look like and i was like yeah i've got people like uh spiritual teachers saying oh, you should be vegetarian and that. but when i'm looking at them they don't have the physique that i want 
they mm. don't have the energy that I I want. That's not saying anything negative about them, you know, but um, you know, I don't want to look like spiritual teachers um that I've got a lot of respect for. So why am I going to take dietary advice for them? I also want to be a, a person of the world. I'm not going to be off living in some uh, retreat center or some ashram for the rest of my life. So that's when I start looking to people um, that I really respect and admire that are spiritually inclined, but are also true to who they are as well as individuals. Like I integrated my old self and my this new kind of spiritual daddy together. And then now that's a beautiful amalgamation. That's the real me. You know, I still love... I love watching UFC. I love eating a steak. I love a glass of red wine every so often. But I love my medicine work. You know, I'm super into my spirituality and all of these different things. So it brings it all together. So, uh, yeah, I look to people like maybe Joe Rogan, you might want to say, or Aubrey Marcus, or other people that are just out there smashing it with their business ventures, um, have got a good sense of humor, are on their spiritual path as well and uh, have great physiques you know so i really think think about what it is that you want to embody and take on from teachers and are they walking the walk you know but they got what you're trying to get what you want to achieve yeah yeah well said well Well, danny Danny, i don't don't want to um take any more of your time and I really appreciate you talking to me about everything you do and what you've experienced because a lot of people aren't um, like I said there's still such this stigma with psychedelics and, and medicines and I think it's time that we're breaking that down and like you said it's not just because we're talking about it and because you had a good experience with it doesn't mean everyone needs to take it but it's something that we shouldn't be fearing either you know no, no, definitely definitely shouldn't fear it if you, if you feel the call then it's super important to find the correct practitioner, someone that um, comes highly recommended, that they make it of the utmost importance for the set and setting so that it's super safe and know what they're doing. Uh, remembering there's always two sides to everything. There's those that work in the dark, those that work in the light. There's idiots that shouldn't be doing such things. There's charlatans and there's incredible facilitators. So just making sure that if you do feel called to you, you get someone that's really highly recommended um, yeah. at work. Yeah. And I would just like to say on that note, um, you actually were leading a combo. Is it combo, cambo? How do you pronounce it? Yeah, I'll say cambo. You can say cambo. Yeah. Well. yeah. Um, you were leading this incredible retreat and... You know, I did the work that I need to do and you were so kind. I sat down with you. We had like an hour conversation. I asked you a million questions and you were just so calm and gave me all the information. And I ultimately chose for me, that's not my medicine, but if I were to ever do it, it would for sure be with you because you just, you were so loving and professional and straightforward. And I felt really safe with you. And I think, yeah, people have to do that work. You don't, don't just go do ayahuasca with whoever or what, you know, same, same with like uh, doctors in the, in the Western medicine, don't just take pharmaceutical chemical drugs because someone's like, here, take this, you know, yeah. do your, do your research and see how, how you feel about it. Do your due um, diligence and nev- never give your power away. Never, never, yeah. nev- never feel pressured into anything. Be in your power. Listen to your gut feeling. And yeah, it was my pleasure to give you um, my time and those answers because that's what it's all about. You know, if I've got this information and knowledge, then 
it's my duty to share it and to help others that are kind of looking for this yeah to get on this path awesome and is there do you have a website if people or how can people reach out to you in case they have any questions about what you do or uh yeah the the facebook page for the um for the cambo is sacred sapo so sapo is spanish for toad but the matsis which are uh one of the main tribes that work with the Cambo, they didn't have the word for frog back in the day, so they called it Sapo. So Sacred Sapo, and then my Facebook is Danny Saggers. Awesome. Do you have an Instagram? No, I'm not really on Instagram. No worries. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, cool. Oh, Danny, well, I'll be back on the island sometime in mid-December, but we should get together and have like a barbecue with some well-treated meat. And maybe a few select vegetables or... Always in for barbecue. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else you'd like to share with whoever happens to listen? Uh, just stay in your heart. Remember, all is love. Never give your power away. Trust your gut and your intuition. Have a beautiful life. Hell yeah. Thank you, Danny. Heaven, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jenna. <laughs> See ya. Bye.